Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And the boys are back. Very happy to say that we are in the black there on Monday night. We've got just four games here on Tuesday. Really small slate with probably the news of the day. John Morant is back in NBA action, be playing tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about that game a little bit here in just a minute. We also have our player props up in addition to these best bets we're bringing you. So make sure that you check out the other video as well each and every weekday by subscribing to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Use everything we've got up on the site right now and that odds finder tool to make sure that you're getting the best juice available to you on all of these bets and props you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's stay hot, kid. I know it's a weird slate. We'll try to dodge around some of these landmines and uh, kick it off with Phoenix and Portland. Yeah, I do like some points in this game. I think the Blazers are back to playing a little bit more of the style we've grown accustomed to with Anthony Simons back, which is to say, you know, we have small, talented guards. uh, And so we're just going to try to outscore you a little more than early in the season where they were just playing this, this type of slugfest style. So Blazers to get 112 um or over that and uh I would consider parlaying it with Jeremy Grant 22 and a half points is a little low for him in a matchup with the Suns uh <clears throat> I mean the Suns are are most vulnerable kind of at those positions right the point guard or point, power four position which makes makes you feel good about backing the Blazers offense with Brogdon and Jeremy Grant really playing their best ball right now I mean, I said it's because Simons has been back for six, and the numbers definitely indicate that. But these two guys, their last three at home, Jeremy Grant, 29 points per game, 141 offensive rating. Brogdon, 22 points per game, 126. Um, and then Simons back for, for for six games here. Blazers up to a 121 offensive rating, scoring 115.5. That's exactly what they scored last season with him versus 108 without him. They've gone over this total in four straight, averaging 119 a game, despite the 97 pace. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that this is a slam dunk because it's 119 a game, because those matchups, you know, uh, Warriors, Mavs, Clippers in there. Suns are are pretty solid defensively, I mean, under Frank Vogel, as as you would expect. And they've also played pretty slow. But I don't think we're going to get the 89 pace we got when these teams met earlier this season, uh, which was a 120-107 Suns win, but the Blazers still posted a 120 offensive rating. Um, <clears throat> so like <clears throat> like the fact that they were able to score efficiently, like the fact that Phoenix has been more vulnerable on the road, 116 defensive rating in their last seven road games, five of their seven opponents have gone over this total. And yeah, like I said, point guard just roasted by Brunson for the second time for a career-high output. It should just be points on both sides here. I don't mind the over for the game, considering, you know, Aiton, Simons. There's just some bad defenders on the Blazers' side as well, but I think they'll keep pace at home. And, and you know, maybe maybe you take them to cover as well. Uh, just a, a lot of ways to take this to just say, like, this Blazers team is a little underrated right now. I'm going to move uh, on to my... Now I'll call it one of my favorite bets. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make this simple. It's going to be a money line parlay between two teams that I'm, I have a lot of confidence in tonight. And that is the, uh, the bucks and the Pellies. So it's time to talk about job being back, but I don't really know how to talk about it because I don't really know what to expect fully from him. To be honest with you, I don't mostly, I just don't know how much he's going to play um, and, and how in shape he is. I, he's probably fine and still much more athletic and faster than everybody on the floor, literally. 
at that same time, like it matters that, you know, playing at lifetime fitness ain't the same as playing in the NBA. So NBA shape is going to come into play here. We'll see how much, and mostly we'll just see how much Taylor Jenkins wants to even play him. Like, does he, does he really want to keep him in there for that long? Um, I'm not positive. The, it opened at like six, six and a half. And I was a little bit more comfortable with that than it rising all the way up to about eight and a half, to be honest with you, for the Pellies to win. But they've been clicking a lot uh, in, in their last seven games, five and two. Um, the, Zion's played six of those games, missed one, and that, that was one of the ones they lost. I, I, with him and Brandon Ingram on the floor together, they're a good team. And I tried to talk about this maybe a month and a half ago, a month ago, right before they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. So, like, this could fall under that category. That's why I don't love betting on the Pellies. But in a situation where, you know, like I said, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson back up to about a 125 offensive rating when they're on the floor together. And I always come back to that because it always looks weird when they're on the floor together. Some, it doesn't always. It has in the past looked clunky and off. So, like, I'm consistently wondering what it's like when they're both on the floor together. And this season, it's been very good, especially in those last seven games, like I said, where they really come on. They've got uh, top, the top seven net rating in that time frame. They are playing at a pretty uh, decent speed. Memphis obviously been playing at a slow speed. Now what we're, we're going to get job back. So they're obviously going to be sped up. Um, and we'll see what that actually means for how much their offense actually clicks as well, because he's coming back to a team that heavily relies on Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. to do pretty much everything on offense at this point. So we'll see what that turns into with him there. But the Pelly's defense has been, you know, a top 10 defense in the league, especially at home where they're incredible. Uh, and their, their games do go a little bit lower scoring there because of the fact that they're so good um, on defense. They're also pretty uh, good on offense at home at this point. But what you're looking for is like, can they stop what Memphis is going to want to do? And if, if Ja wasn't in, I'd be like, yeah, Memphis less than 110 points seems pretty realistic. Um, with Ja in there, I think Memphis probably at around 110 points still feels realistic. Um, so I do see this as like a 7 to 10 point game for the Pellies. I just I don't trust the spread enough uh, to, to have them cover nine points in this one, which could rise even more. But Milwaukee, I don't think I need to go into too deeply. I'll talk about that game in a minute through a player prop. But I like <laughs> it's up to 16 and a half. That might not be enough for the Bucks at home versus a Spurs team that won't have Victor Wembanyama. Um, and if you want me to get into it, they're bottom five and everything that you could possibly hope for. We're about to see a lot of Malachi Branham tonight. Love him. But that's also sort of like a white flag that pop continuously raises like Malachi. Go get the usage out there because I don't even really want to have to coach this offense. Um, and you are basically a one-man offense when you're on the floor in terms of what you think you are, because how often you shoot. Um, so I, I don't necessarily trust him either at 12 and a half. They've also caught on to that. He's, he's got a pretty high prop for him. But either way, uh, in that Milwaukee game, I, I, I don't need to go into him. They're going to win that game. And if they don't, it's a complete and utter anomaly. <laughs> you sure Wemby's out? I, I thought I saw props for him. Yeah, I keep seeing props for him, but the actual NBA injury report that the Spurs delivered to the NBA says he's out. So a couple yeah. places have props for him and a couple places don't. In any case, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you need just the money line for the Bucks. Like, you can obviously play around with the spread, right? You can go to, like, minus six and a half, seven and a half. You don't have to take the full minus True. 16. But, yeah, I mean, this that's got to be a laughable addition uh, in terms of their money line is, like, minus 1,000 yeah. Uh, yeah. At, at home against All the line Spurs. is better. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect from Ja. That's that's really the question mark here. I, I think maybe the safest thing is to bet over two and a half turnovers for him. I think he's just going <laughs> to come out like a bat out of hell for pushing the issue um, for a Grizzlies team that has not been able to score. I mean, that does give me confidence that he can get 25 points is that they're just so desperate for some offensive production and they're on a back-to-back -back and he's fresh. And True. I think the usage will be very high. So I did consider that 
the t- the 25 points. Although, yeah, I, I think Josh is right to have some caution about, you know, how much he's played recently. He's probably played in some high-level pickup games. I mean, it, it's it's not like he's playing pickup at, at LA Fitness, as he said. He's, I'm True. sure he's had some way to stay in shape here, and he is a ridiculous athlete. Um, so Boston at Golden State. I'll take the under at 233 and a half. Uh, maybe it even creeps up a little bit. Golden State struggling to defend right now. This this is true. But, I mean, this is the Celtics on the road versus at home. There's some really notable splits, and we just haven't seen it in a long time. Celtics, seven of their last eight have been at home, including four in a row uh, or five in a row. And when they, when they hit the road after these long home stands, sometimes the offense just comes out a little bit flat. Sometimes that second unit is not as is not as uh, proficient. And uh, look, CP3 is questionable with an illness, and then that Warriors second unit is going to just tank without him. If 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 that's the case, um, I mean that's been their their biggest source of strength this year is like yeah. recovering from the Stephless minutes, and the Stephless minutes could be rough without CP3 or if he's just under the weather. Uh, and I think the Celtics are going to be able to match up on Steph and limit him a little bit. And Clay, I mean, they have the best defensive backcourt in the league, so be able to hold the Warriors down a little bit here. I mean, they have for years, back when they had Marcus Smart, and these games were ultra competitive, even when the Warriors were an absolute juggernaut. The trends are are ridiculous. I mean, we can't can't put too much stock in like 2017 games, but they've gone under in 13 of their last 15 regular season meetings, and and no games even in among the 15 have gotten above 233. Recently, they've gone under in three straight in the regular season, five straight if you include the finals uh, for what that's worth. But more to me about the home road splits here. Warriors scoring six fewer points at home, 112. They're also scoring 112 wherever they are without Draymond versus 116 with him. Celtics scoring 11 points per game fewer on the road. They've gone under in four of their last five roadies. Like I said, those came a while ago. Uh, but yeah, hitting three fewer threes at 10% lower. And... Um, yeah, I just think that the, the, the slow, choppy pace at times, especially down the stretch, if this is close and if Steph's not if Steph's not humming, the Warriors are not going to be putting up a ton of points. Yeah, and Steph humming is also, yeah, like you said, it's it's heavily prevalent, like dependent upon how they guard him. Are they going to to try to? I don't think they really need to double him quite as much as other teams have had to force the ball out of their hands because Derek White and Drew Holiday are that good. I say that to mostly also say Drew Holiday is probably going to keep Clay pretty quiet, which uh, is, is a huge part of all this. Like Clay going off in the last three games against worst teams, by the way, for sure. Worst, well, worst offensive teams against the three, especially. Although the Celtics have been giving up decent amount of threes because teams are taking them, but they're still uh, in the top 10 or top 12 or so in terms of the opponent three-point percentage. They're just taking a lot of them, so they're making a decent amount of them. But um, yeah, main point is this is a context and situation for an under. I love this, if, if, if especially if uh, KP or CP3 are out. The thing about KP is I do potentially, I, I would lean towards him playing like 60-40 in my eyes because they have a back-to-back tomorrow night against Sack, and I think if you're considering which team, if it's a, if it's a matter of we're no, we know we're going to have him for one game, we just don't know which one. I think they choose the, the the one against the Warriors. That's why I would bank on him playing a little bit more, just trying to get into the mind of Missoula and company. Like I think they all care about playing the Celtics. Oh, really? The, the Dubs. I, I think he's a lot more essential against Sabonis the next night, though. But he does have props up, so yeah, it does look yeah. like he, he's probably going to play. That's that's the reason I lean it, and I I feel you in terms of how they would need him, uh, or where they would need him more. 
I do feel like they'd be very happy to crush the the dubs and like be, play a close one against the Kings this is kind of where I'm coming from. But either way, uh, I, I kind of hope he's out because I'll talk about that in player props. But I'm going to close things out going back to the well of a superstar under PRA to end the best bets video, which I tried with Luca last night and he was so damn close. Uh, he had 52 PRA at the very end there and then got a put back and a foul on a three and blah, 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 blah. it was not even a real game. Anyway, 51 and a half PRA under that for Yanni boo boo for Giannis. Um, I do. This is heavily predicated on, on also on, on Wemby not being in I, like if Wemby's in, they don't have a chance. If, if Wemby's out, they don't have a chance at keeping this within 20 points. So if he's out, I don't know why Giannis would be playing much past the middle of the third quarter at the most. This is terrifying because Giannis's per 36 against this team is Wilt Chamberlain in Hershey Park, right? In like the 50s. So uh, 31 points and 14 rebounds in 20... In 24 minutes, I can't even get through saying it. In 24 minutes, he had 31 points and 14 boards against this team last time they played, which was the end of last season, which... He didn't even need to play that much, but he still stayed in there because he got like a few minutes in the third quarter. It was a 130 to 94 blowout, and that is basically what I expect here. I don't know why it would be much different. He was also playing in that game. Uh, Drew Holiday played a few minutes in that game, didn't play very much. Middleton was also coming back from injury. They were like, Giannis, you go ahead and just do what you want. We don't really want to play the dudes who are coming back from injury on our team alongside you. Well, that's not the case here. Dame's fully healthy. Malik Beasley is in. Pat Connaughton is back. Uh, Chris Middleton has upped his minutes to about 28 and a half per game in the last four because they're playing uh, duty teams. And it's nice for him to be able to get out there, get a little bit of blow without having to go too hard. So that's why I lean towards the under 52 PRA from because I just don't think he's going to have time to do it. Um, he hasn't done it in his last five versus San, San Antonio for the exact reason that I'm pr you know prostrating right now, which is 30 minutes per game, 27 points per game and nine boards uh, in that time frame. And the upcoming games that they have Orlando in a night from now. New York a night, uh, two nights after that, and OKC two nights after that. So I'm, I might be stretching a little bit, but it's just like uh, 52. Like he's not Luca. He's not needed that way against this team. So maybe the Luca one, you know, it was close. It was silly, but I'm going back to the well on it. Yeah, no, I don't know how many people are going with you to that to said well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Like you said, yeah, he, he has 50, 45 in 24 minutes, and you never know when he's just going to decide to just put up mind boggling numbers against a team that, that can't compete against him like he does against Indy sometimes or recently. Uh, but there is precedence. I mean, they, they had this blowout against Detroit two games ago, right? 22, eight and six in 26 minutes certainly gets you under. They let Dame get going. You know, maybe he does defer a little bit more since you can do whatever you want against the Spurs defense. I think if you want to bet against the minutes and and the production, go under three and a half turnovers for Giannis, which is minus 130. Uh, but yeah, if he's not out there and he's not forcing anything because there, this is such a bad defense, we see in the game log here, zero turnovers against Detroit, two against Chicago, one against Indiana. Like he doesn't really go over this unless he's playing a good team with a close game down the stretch. Yeah, you go all the way through the game log and that's kind of the correlation. I like that. I like that angle. So yeah, let's ride with it. Under three and a half turnovers as well for Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> let's put uh, let's put the unit there for me on that one because that is a, a safer bet. I'm gonna go back. I, I hit it a little bit because it was at 51 and a half last night with just a half a unit, and it's it's already gone down a little bit to 50.5. So I think there is a bit of a of a trend for some people to be like, I just don't see him getting 30 minutes. But uh, I think the turnovers are a great way to play that angle as well. So Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA player prop, Devin Booker, who's been very good to this show. 
Yes, he is a very good player. He, and we're talking over 36 and a half points assists against the Blazers. A, t- a game I actually highlight for the over. Uh, I think the Blazers offense is a little underrated right now with Anthony Simons back, but that compromises their defense a little bit. So in their last six with him back, they have a 125 defensive rating. They have allowed the most points per game to shooting guards in that span. And on the, you know, in that span as well, 27 points, 10, nearly 10 assists to point guards, whichever position you think Booker plays right now. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I, I guess it's point guard, especially with Bradley Beal out again, Grayson Allen is hobbled with a hamstring for what it's worth. I mean, he's going to play, but for what it's worth, his Booker's usage rate is 6% higher when Grayson Allen plays. I, I don't think that that's anything. I mean, what, what we're looking at is just Booker putting up numbers regardless as, as the main facilitator and scorer for this team, you know, even, even in three with Beal this season, 31 points, nine assists on 31 and a half percent usage. He's topped this on average in his last seven here, 29 points, eight assists per game. Um, you know, recently some tough road matchups for him where he went under at Toronto at Lakers prior to that over in four of his last, his previous five roadies averaging 30 points, 9.2 assists per game going way over that. I mean, some of those were at Utah is just a, a pathetic defense, but the Blazers have, have limited assists in general. Uh, but I don't think that this is a good matchup for them. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, Old, a little long in the tooth, I think, at this point. Simon's just not a good defender. Uh, so it, so I expect them to just kind of go at go at DeAndre Ayton and pick and roll and, and stick it to their former teammate here. And that's why both my player props are, are from the Suns here. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, fe- I feel what you're saying. Um, I, I do like the Booker points and assists. I don't know. If Bradley Beal's in there, I might even like it more because he's just going to get more assists, to be honest. He dimed up like crazy into like only – however long they played together in a game uh he went bananas with the assists and then i think beal got hurt anyway i i like it regardless of, of who's in for either team honestly you could tell me anybody's out grayson allen or whatever um and i think booker and the point guard on this team should have some decent success against a really good perimeter defense we should be clear but booker's not like sitting back there like clay and relying on step back threes or sidestep threes to right. get his points right so uh i'm gonna go with a bet that both my my player prop bets nate are a little bit dependent on what happens with the injury report for these teams the first one here is uh Derek white over 19 and a half points and assists and it's like a scenario where it's like well if chris Dabbs is out he's doing that if chris Dabbs is in he probably isn't doing that um but he still could that's the thing so in the 16 games he's played with chris Dabbs. He's gone under this number 10 times, right? Only six for, for 16 in terms of going over, getting 20 points and assists combined. With the six that he didn't play, he went over 100 times, 100% of the time. Uh, 60% of the time, it works every time. And then he uh, has, has gone over, like I said, and is averaging 19.5 points per game, which is what his points and assists prop is at. His assists also go way up from four to seven without Chris Stapps, right? And it, it seems weird that the point we've talked about a little bit before, but I, I'll reiterate it. The reason is, is that he is not the true point guard when Chris Stapps is on the floor. The point guard, for all intents and purposes, is Jason Tatum playing a pick and roll with Chris Stapps Porzingis. When he's not out there, you've got ball movement. You've got Derek White bringing the ball up the floor. You've got him running pick and rolls, maybe with either of the Jalen's or the Jays, Jason or Jalen, um, or even Papa Al at that point, because he's also an obviously amazing picker when he's actually in. Um, I, but like if Chris Stapps is in, then everything just changes. The whole the whole offense changes. So 
I think either way, like you're going to get some good Derek White minutes without Chris Stapps. He's questionable. They're going to be on a back-to-back tomorrow. You mentioned it in the other video that like Chris Stapps is going to be way more helpful against the the uh, the Sabonis Kings than the Kavan Looney Dario Saric uh, center playing center for the the Warriors, right? Like it makes sense. I do think they care about winning this game against the Dubs a lot, so I could still see him playing, but. It's just such a stark contrast because of a very clear, valid reason why Derek White is so much better with Chris Stapps off the floor. So he could still get the 20 points and assist with Chris Stapps in there that it's worth hitting it because it's going to go up as soon as Chris Stapps, if and when he's completely ruled out. Yeah, because you got to figure Al Horford's not going to play on a back-to-back tomorrow. Right. Um, so the Celtics, and they've ruled Luke Cornett out for this one. I don't know if you have the with-without splits for Derek White and Luke Cornett. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they... So they won't have a big. Uh, they know they don't have a big in Sacramento tomorrow if if Horford's playing tonight. So yeah, you might want to hold Porzingis out and make sure he, he's fresh for that one. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I'll take a, another European big and another Phoenix Sun here. Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, the juice is tempting here for 16 rebounds and assists. I know I'm now taking two different Suns to go <laughs> over with assists yeah. uh, against a team that's you know middle of the pack in terms of allowing assists. Portland, I will say, has allowed a lot more assists in their last four or five games with Anthony Simons back with that elevated, you know, pace and scoring that I'm talking about as in the best bets as well for them to top their total. And we'll throw out there that I like Jeremy Grant over 22 and a half points uh, on that side of the ball. But for me, I mean, taking Nurkic is a lot about just fading DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, in the last matchup. The first matchup between these two teams after they they swipped, swapped places here, these centers. Nurkic goes for 18-12, four blocks while dominating, if you will. He was a plus 17. Oh, Aiton was minus 33. Uh, so, I mean, Josh has looked up that Aiton has the lowest free throw rate among any center in the league. So very low foul trouble risk for Nurk. And when he avoids foul trouble, I mean, Phoenix is happy to play him. 33-plus minutes. Per 36, he averages 13 rebounds, five assists. He's obviously been going off on the boards lately against, you know, some really soft opponents like Washington. Uh, 16 rebounds per game in his last four, along with four and a half assists. He, you know, he's got a 20% assist rate on the season, a 20% rebounding rate. The, The offensive rebounding rate has really gone higher in the last four as well against those soft teams and, Portland, I mean, while they've been better offensively, still dead last in in shooting percentage. So that leads to the sixth most rebounds for opposing centers um, and and for the entire team. So uh, Nurk, yeah, you could play it different ways here, uh, but I I, I just trust him to get some stats against Dayton. Yeah, I I would agree. You said dominating, if you will, and I will not. Uh, because that's not what he does. And uh, on defense, it's interesting. Like, he's actually a good rebounder. We can't take that away from him. He is a good rebounder. Uh, He just... It's not a very good defender. It's not very uh, intimidating. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't lying to you. Yes, uh, the only player at this point who has a lower, the only center with a lower free throw attempt rate than him is Papa Al Horford for anybody who's playing at least 20 minutes and has played 15 games this season. Um, Also on that list are Omer Yurt 7, (laughs) Dean Wade. But we move on to my uh, favorite bit here. I'm not going to tell you no on Nurk anytime he's in a revenge spot against Dama not can't 
Dominant can't Nate Aiton something. I'll, I'll figure it out later. B pod, baby. We're going back to Brandon Podziemski, Podziemski uh, on the dubs there. If you haven't heard of him, he's a little white boy Frode from Santa Clara, and he might be your definition of sneaky athletic, but it's working for him in the points and assists category. So over 14 and a <laughs> half points and assists for B pod friend of the show at this point. Um, he's, uh, trusted like you pointed it out the other day he went for 19 after you called out that he was going to get 11 and a half points our only win that day was bad sad day but b pod is trusted that's what it comes down to he's not only in there for 35 minutes a game now he's in there at the end and he's not just in there at the end in crunch time he's the the point man so when draymond is out and steph gets doubled brandon pajemski is now the point man right like and what i mean by that is steph needs relief it's brandon pajemski's job to come get the ball so he can drive to the hoop and make a decision in a four on three as a rookie who hasn't even played that much but steve kerr has chosen this dude to be the one that he's going to give consistent minutes to when guys like jonathan kaminga and moses moody can't stay on the floor for more than 20 minutes i'm sure he has his reasons way smarter than me but i would also be giving those guys a bit more run either way for for pods uh moving forward pods up to 20% usage rate last two games. In the first game with Draymond out, it seemed like Kerr was still playing with the lineups. Pretty much everybody that wasn't Clay or uh, Steph was getting about 20 minutes max because he was testing it out. Then his minutes start to skyrocket in the last two. The usage rate jumps to 20%. The points per game jump up to almost 15. The assists are at five a game. He's at five in each of the last two. The assists alone right now, are, are um, and the rebounds, excuse me, the assists alone at three and a half is still a very good bet. Once again, slightly predicated, on Chris Paul not playing. If Chris Paul's not in there, I, I like the assists alone a lot. If Chris at three and a half, if he is in there, I, I really I'm taking the points and assists to just cover myself because I think it's a safer bet with or without Chris Paul. Um, that said, if he doesn't, if Chris Paul doesn't play, all of those potential assists that Chris Paul has been gobbling up in the last three games, which has been 14 a game for him, they they go directly, not all of them, but a good portion of them go directly to Pods, who has averaged 12 potential assists in the two games, or three games, rather, that he's played without Chris Paul this season, going over this number in two of them, because in the first one, he just was, still wasn't getting any minutes yet on the team. Um, but without him in the three games that he's played without CP3 this season, 12 points, four assists, and two of those, or excuse me, three of those were with Draymond, right? So Draymond being out plus CP3 being out is like, this is the dude. This is almost the, like, Andre Iguodala type, right? Like get some offensive boards and be smart with the ball once we pass it to you after Steph gets doubled, right? And and that's what he's going to be. So with the usage, with the minutes, um, the fact that like if he's sort of a backup point guard in a way, that is the position that that gets the most points and stats against the Celtics is is the point guard position, mostly because that's just not – honestly, I don't know why. Maybe Derek White is the only weak point, but he's still an all-NBA defensive player. So I don't have a really solid understanding of why they give up points to point guards, but that is the where, where they're most vulnerable, and I, I think B-Pods is going to be in this, the right spots this time. Yeah, I mean, first, don't despair about our Saturday uh, show where we did, like, very quick research on a Friday night after doing NFL and, and only sure. got one of those right uh, while a full slate was going on, et cetera. But the point is, yeah, I mean, that was one thing that I, that immediately jumped out at me is, like, Pajemski playing, like, 39 minutes, and we're still listing him at 11.5 points for a Warriors team that, that plays bigs that can't really score, can't really get their own shot. Um, so, I mean... Absolutely. If we're talking about the Celtics being able to limit Steph and Clay with their defensive backcourt, somebody's going to step up, fill that volume, uh, and it'll probably be the rookie. Yeah. And if if a guy if a guy like Jalen Brown is guarding Pajemski, not that he couldn't shut him down, 
But we, I kind of see Jay Brown, Jayla Brown, you know, taking a little bit of time off, looking at pods across the way and being like, I ain't going all out on defense for this. So that almost helps us, I would say. But that is all the time we have for you in play a prop. So continue to follow along. Looking for another sweep here to start the week. I would even take three and one so we could get a little seven and one track going. But we'll continue to fight for, for you with these props. We also got the best bets. So make sure you are checking that out. And until we see you next, happy betting.